Welcome to the Numb Bills Fan Podcast. I am one of your two hosts tonight because uh, we are co-partners on this operation right here tonight. We might have some people stepping in. I'm David J. Palermo. With me is Ben Gramado, as always. And um, coming in, we might have Lucas Hurl from uh, Los Angeles. Big Bills fan. He's on the podcast, What's the Odds? With Steve Run is Easy. You remember him from the league. And he does it with another comedian. Brenton Biddlecombe, who's a hospital baby. We were born in the same hospital in Rochester. So one of those two might come on, meaning Lucas. So also in the works is Tampa Dave has an email, so he might join the show too. And I might exit back to work as I have drywall crap in my hair still and my work shirt, which is the Bill's Walmart shirt. So, Ben, you and Matt went to the game. I hit an airplane after realizing I forgot about the time zone and ended up at the game at halftime. And it was wild because as I popped in there for $158 standing room, um, with 13 minutes and 30 seconds left, I believe the bills, it was 10, 10. I'm on the airplane taking pictures of it, of the stadium during the game. And long story short, uh, I spent more time trying to make my way I could have been there maybe early second quarter if I knew how to get around a little bit better. Let's just put it that way. But I was I, confused because did the Rams actually have fans? I wasn't really sure. It well, was weird. yeah, it was kind of weird because me and Matt, well, you too, because you joined us at our uh, Long Beach uh, spot. But anyways, we were staying out in Long Beach. And on our commute, we took public transportation, which shout out to the Metro out in L.A., Long Beach. We were able to get around for free, didn't have to pay for any Ubers or anything. So, I mean, that was that was cool. We had a great trip back. I know you were having a great time as I was having some really great, you know, thoughtful and provocative, uh, it, you know, discussions with Rams fans about the game. But anyways, on our travel to the game, I think I saw a total of three people wearing Rams gear. Then once we got closer to the stadium, a couple more people trickled in. We took a train, our final train to the stadium. There's maybe like five Rams fans on the final train. And then once we got out, it was almost like 50-50. Like maybe there were more Rams fans, but there were so many Bills fans there. Like it was almost kind of hard to tell like who is who because you know bills and rams we almost have similar colors with the blue so it was a lot of blending in with blue but there was a lot of red there too so quite a bit of bills fans there i want to say a good probably more than 30 percent, 35 maybe even 40 percent of of bills fans there occupying the stadium but it was a blast yeah it was pretty um uh it was pretty crazy because, you know, I've gone to the Toronto Bills games mm-hmm. and I went to one where I, you know, with the the formerly the Foreskins, the Washington Foreskins. Right. And yeah, I remember I, that I went, game. Yep. And I went to that. And um, that was where I believe. That was a shutout, was, wasn't it? 30 nothing or something like that? It was wild. It was something weird. I feel like Darius did good that game or something. Yeah. Um, I think that was the game, actually, which, like, earned Fitz his big contract back when he signed, like, that massive contract. And it's crazy just to look at how different quarterback contracts start today. What was the game, because I remember being at the Toronto one, too, where I wasn't sure if that was the one where he took a helmet to the chest and he got really hurt and people were like, oh, you paid him all this money and he gets hurt. 
Meaning, you know, so when I'm getting, I'm not you, sure. I'm, I know like the last Toronto game, I think was 2013. Was it EJ's rookie year against the Falcons? That was just a really annoying game. Cause I actually thought EJ played really well. That game, surprisingly, that was like one of his first games back from his injuries, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, all those Toronto games really blended in together. I think the Bills, out of that whole Toronto series, they only won one game while they're up there, right? I was there for it, yeah. And and frankly, like others, it was like a destination, and that's pretty much what the stadium was, right? For the opposing team, which was a destination stadium, and and um, frankly, that's what it was. Uh, Yo, I you are not, right about that. I cannot believe how loud the crowd was because. They say, you know, I, I like Bills fans to a degree, but I would say I think everybody's lame in every sect. So I would say right. sports fans have like this home recordingness thing where mm-hmm. it's just like I want to be objective and sometimes a little hard on the team because I'm looking at it through like a coach's lens. Like, what can right. we get better on? You're like, what can we do? What can we improve on here? And, and sometimes they forget to watch the rest of the league and realize, wait a second, the Bills are on the actual – Leader of the charge here, no pun, of right. the league right now with the prototype and Allen. The defensive end stepped up. I mean, Von Miller, every checkpoint that you wanted, we're not going to get super deep. You guys all saw the game. A million people did a post-game show. If we get some guests on, you got some interesting facts, they jump in here, sure. But, I mean, Ben, every checkbox we wanted. For me, it was, all right, get me a defensive line. Boom, Jordan Phillips should have never left. Had a coming out party. There's a piece up on. Uh, cover one about Jordan Phillips, which to me, again, you're willing to sign a guy, Trent Murphy, you're not familiar with a few years ago. But or even the money they gave Latula. But in Jordan Phillips, a guy you got off of waivers, played his ass off his first game with the Bills, too. Uh, and now he's back and paid a little bit. That's great. My man Shaq Lawson was benched, whatever. Epinesa came out. The Bills had seven sacks. Von Miller is advertised. I'm not going to get into the triangle and the Illuminati stuff. I mean, why would we ever suggest that anybody on the – why would that happen? The city of Fallen Angels, I don't know. Nothing yeah. weird, but it is what it is. I'm just going to eat a, you know, thing. But what would you think of the game, Ben? Josh Allen obviously did Allen things. Crowder, exactly what I said he would be, which was, hey, don't forget about Crowder. He's fine. And boom, there it was. I mean, going into the game, I I really felt good about the Bills the whole time, and I'm not sure what about the Rams didn't really scare me. I just felt that the Bills were the better team overall. Really, my biggest concerns were just that the Bills would almost kind of be overhyped, that everyone, you know, everyone has picking them. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. That can kind of cause a lot of pressure, and, and really we could have seen a, a poor showing, like some rust, because – we saw it with the Bengals. We saw it with the Broncos. Uh, we even saw it with the Colts, Matt Ryan, and his debut with Indy. It went awful, but really, it almost couldn't have gone even any better for the Bills and Josh. Uh, I think Josh was almost perfect, and I was going into that game. I was expecting big things from Josh, but... I wasn't expecting him to be as good as he was against the Rams. And he was really, really good. Like, he really was flawless. The only mistake that I'll give to him that whole game was the interception, this his second interception to Crowder. But if you go back and look at that play, I still think that 
being in my seat when I saw the play. I thought that Crowder could have made a play on it. Seeing the replay, I still think Crowder could have made a play on it. Either way, I mean, it, it it's one interception. Other than that, he scored four touchdowns. He could have, I think, had five. Uh, running backs got to take care of the ball. But, I mean, that was about as good of a performance as you will see from Josh Allen. Almost perfect. He hit all of his long balls, you know, laser accuracy over the middle. Aaron Cromer forgot. Uh, that was the one thing, my biggest point besides, you know, that, that was the biggest improvement we need to see so we can properly evaluate the fucking running backs. That simple. Zach Moss looked great. Okay. Cook got his fumble out of the way. Okay. Yeah, hopefully uh, that's his only and, one. And, and, and Singletary. How do you cut these guys? You're not cutting anybody right now. Well, like, in fact, well, Cook, you don't even can need we Cook can we point. backtrack? Like, like I think it was maybe back to two or three episodes ago. I said that Singletary was going to hold on to the number one uh, running back job over Cook, and I still think Cook is going to be a weapon. But come on, we got to give some respect to my guy Devin Singletary. He runs hard. He drags tacklers. He mm -hmm. hits guys head on. He actually has pretty good vision. He's not the fastest guy, but he's an explosive playmaker. We saw it his rookie year, second year, up and down. But they also drafted another running back to compete with him at that point, which is Zach Moss. So, anyways, last year, so-so. Last five games of the season, everything you want to see from, a, from your running back. So, that was kind of expected out of Singletary for me personally. I think you should get more touches, honestly. You know something? I don't want to go crazy yet. I, I don't want to get into any semantics. Let's just, uh, for me as a fan, I want to let the Bills play their chess after four or five games. Let's see where we're at. Because what's going to happen is we got Tyreek Hill coming in a couple weeks in Miami. Yeah. And, um, you know, you and I were talking earlier. We're probably not going to the home opener. I would love to. Um, chances are I'll probably fucking ball out and in there because I just feel like flexing on myself. I, I mean, trying to right. try impress myself, you know. <laughs> I should probably try a haircut or something. Yeah. But, um, I, you know what's weird, bro, is during the fucking COVID and all that shit, it's like I was telling you before, like, Cole Beasley got me back into giving a fuck. Uh, the players who can't speak up got me into giving a fuck. The dust is settled. I've been fucking right. I don't give a fuck. Fuck everybody. I'm not sinking dumbass energy into negative division politics. And that's all it was meant to do. And we're back. But I did go get to go to one game last year. And it was an opener against the Steelers. And it was nice to see the Bills with all the hype behind them show up and stomp the fucking shit out of what I put in the title quote-unquote Super Bowl chance because, like, frankly, we know the Bengals actually won that Super Bowl. And then, you know, the rest kind of got involved a little bit. It seemed like a little fuckery. And then the Rams get it. And you're like, oh, the Rams won. Yeah, that's the elephant in the room. Welcome to the NFL. And you know what's crazy, man, is we got to watch all of football all weekend. And next thing you know, we're like, holy shit, the Bills still stack up. And that was the test dude and we had to wait four days for that shit and uh we watched it together it was cool so um if we could spit it back to you um tremaine edmonds looked better i gotta give credit where it's due we got nick pop lined up to send us some stuff and if you don't nick pop check him out at the red pintle tailgate 
he's a big dude on top of the fucking van screaming and being awesome and hyping up the crowd. And his dad makes a pizza. So shout out to Pizza Pete and his filing cabinet. Yup. And they're all up on Barstool. So check them out. Check out the Red Pinto tailgate. Love those dudes. Great guys. And yeah, so Nick Pop, you know, that dude loves Tremaine Emmons, man. He's got the, the Virginia jersey. Like, he, he don't fucking play. So he's like, yo, I, I got something. Edmonds, too. The guy's a freak. Let's see him have a great year this year and ball out. He, but he needs a line in front of him, bro. I said I this for five years, defensive and offensive lines with this fucking team. For some reason, with this coaching staff, it's a problem. Yet Josh Allen can do it all, which is crazy. And not for nothing, I don't like the design runs for Allen. I'm sorry. I, I, I love that it's on tape, so you had to be aware of it. But let's. I hope their game plan is put on tape. I didn't but, see too many de- actual design runs out of that game. There were some. There were maybe a couple, but they weren't like the Dable design runs where he would do like a quarterback sweep or something stupid like the design that. Design runs are design run, bro. What? I don't I, give a ball. So what? Between the tackles sneak, is better. I mean, between if you're gonna the tackles is better. I mean, sometimes a quarterback sneak isn't isn't awful. I mean. Here's the thing. Josh Allen is such a big guy. He can take the hits. I I don't want the Bills necessarily maybe drawing up these stupid design runs for him, but if he sees something, let him go for it because that's part of his game. You're going to take out – I know that. I'm just saying a design, a design run is a yeah, stupid I'll, – I'll, 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 I'm all for getting rid of design runs. But even the touchdown play, that wasn't a design run. That was just Josh just saying, screw it. I'll do it myself. And he dragged Bobby Wagner. I mean, if anything, he might injure the defenders who try to hit him. He's that strong. Yeah. Like, you look at him next to Von Miller at the press conference. He makes Von Miller look small. And he's the quarterback. People don't realize that. He's a tank. Well, dude, look. All I'm saying is, if you remember those plays, we had – we had uh, – who was it in there? We had Jordan Phillips actually at practice. And when you're watching a replay, that was all on that design run, you know? So yeah. it's like definitely something they want to do. I understand this chess, but like, do the coaches know that they built their whole freaking team around Josh Allen, which are like, I'm cool with because we have him, but like, it doesn't take much. And I got to say, can we uh, transition actually? Sure. I thought the rookie, I thought the rookies did well. Yeah. Defensive I mean, backs. defensive backs did hold their own. Uh, even even that touchdown, I think that Kyrie gave up. That was like part of his own play. So I don't really think you can even necessarily fault him. But I mean, Christian Benford came in, six round pick, stood up. I mean, everyone on the defense really stood up that whole game. I was actually really proud because I just wanted to see that defense make more moves towards uh, being towards the quarterback. And they were all over the quarterback. They were in, yeah, 19 pressures, and they didn't blitz once. They brought four every time. Uploading something to Instagram, promoting that we are live. Um, So, you know, pretty stoked. Um, What else do you have as far as a game, like outside, big, big observations and and things like that. I'm really curious. I mean, we talked about this on the bench, but I would say uh, it's really clear that the Bills at least have the clear advantage at quarterback. Matthew Stafford looked super 
uh, terrible that game. Part of it, I'm going to say, is the injury. But I think you see what a player like Vaughn can really do uh, once he switches teams. Because looking at really one of the big differences between the Rams and the Bills was Vaughn Miller. And we saw how Vaughn Miller came into the – I know it's so early, but we saw what Vaughn Miller did at the end of last year. He came in and he almost single-handedly – I mean, it wasn't all himself. Cooper Cup played great. They still have Aaron Donald, but in the playoffs, he had an unbelievable run in that playoff game. And we saw what their defense looked like without Von Miller. And I think the Rams are probably going to miss Von a lot more than they probably thought they were. I agree. And I got to say, I, the Rams did not look together to me whatsoever. No. No, um, they did not, not at all. And, and that was shocking to me because McVay is one of those coaches where he's just such a good strategist. He's so good at uh, just getting his team ready. Such a good technician that almost every you know game, except that Super Bowl against the Patriots, of course, but he just seems like he always has his team ready to play. And today they just looked so, or not today, but last week they looked so out of sorts, but if you want to transition uh, to the next topic, if we want to talk more about today, I'm going to really uh, be glued to that TV today because you look at the AFC as a whole, and one stat I saw today, which was tweeted out by Jeremy White, was Patrick yep. Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. So all of his playoff games in his career have been at Arrowhead. That is crazy to me. Minus the Super Bowl, of course, but it's one of the more interesting uh, things to see out there because you're really not sure how much that matters. But I man, think it does. I, I think it does. I, we I think saw it how does. good Allen was against New England in that home playoff game. I think it matters a lot. Patrick Mahomes has actually never even played in Buffalo with a crowd. The only time he played. In Buffalo with a crowd, or in Buffalo was the 2020 season, uh, which obviously we didn't have anyone in the stands. The last time the Chiefs played in Buffalo with a crowd, our man, who we were talking about the other day, Orton, was slinging touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, that the was party. a long time ago. And I think, wasn't that the game where Bryce Brown and, uh, Scott Chandler both lost the Bills' playoff hopes through the back of the end zone that year. I have had so much fucking trauma since all of these games, man. Not even about the Bills, but about life that, like, <laughs> don't be pop quizzing me right now, dude. I'm trying to figure out Instagram over here. No, no, no. Time. I think, I think, like Vaughn said, burn it all. Uh, we're focusing on this week. We're focusing on, let's see what the Chargers, I'm going to be intrigued because to me, I think there's three teams in the AFC. There's a couple other teams who might be decent, could be dark horses, but I think when the smoke clears and the dust settles, there's three clear contenders in the AFC, and then there's a bunch of pretenders. Two of them are playing tonight. There's going to be a couple games which are going to be super critical to who gets that one seed, and I think the one seed is going to be very, very important in getting through the gauntlet which is going to be the AFC uh, come playoff time. Ben, what is your thoughts? On 
the AFC like a quick like give me a 30 seconds the AFC as a whole as you see it right now all right because a I, lot of good teams lost they didn't play uh we watched just let, let's just get we got 20 we're 20 minutes in yeah go just like we we by the way guys uh fans girls everybody they she uh, all these things whatever you want to be I, I support you and yep, me um, too. frankly we we did a awesome bench cast so the last podcast 266 Ben and I were out in Long Beach, and we recapped actually the NFL. So I don't think we really need to get too into it, but a little teaser. Yeah, I mean, I would like to well, talk about. I think there quick, was one, there was one more game we didn't talk about that happened after. Let me let me set you up though. All right, perfect. Let me set you up. Um, we talked about Nathaniel Hackett, and Nathaniel Hackett was a conservative coach. His father, he came here. He doubled down as I'm going to spit it back to you. I'll let you know when Ben. Um, he doubled as offensive coordinator and rookie or rookie offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for EJ Manuel. He was also quarterbacks coach with Fitz and, and, uh, Gailey back in the day for a minute. But what happened is really interesting. I was like, this is really fucked up. So when the bills got Josh Allen, I referred to this Hackett situation. Go look what this dumpster fire organization did with this quarterback. And I'm not saying that manual could have been Ben Allen. It's not the point here. The point is you have a small amount of time with these <laughs> kids and you have to keep their mind right. You have to keep their confidence up and they're precious. And what I was worried about empathy for Allen was, yo, don't take Allen if he needs the most work because he better be able to make it through the fucking gauntlet of dumbass fans and dumbass fucking media and dumbass people. My point being, Josh, you put in the work. I'm not saying that EJ didn't, but when Nathaniel Hackett, his father was a very pretty boring conservative coach, Nathaniel Hackett comes in, and then they go and develop Blake fucking Bortles, who did what? Nothing. And he goes yeah. in, in Jacksonville. I mean, with you Moran. could say that's another botched quarterback situation me, by Moran right. Hackett. So let me go back to that, right? So <laughs> then now he gets a job with the Packers, and you have a Hall of Fame MVP quarterback. And oh, by the way, let me throw this in there. So he parlays a job to Denver off of that. And not saying he did a good or bad job. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers seems to like him. So it is what it is. But I don't see him saying anything bad. But let me say one big point, Ben. I'm going to spit it to you. Yeah. What I find really funny is listening to EJ Manuel talk on Eric Wood's podcast. He brought up the same point that I brought up, which is rookie offensive coordinator is going to double down and develop me a rookie as a, as a quarterback coach too. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't set up right. Yeah. That hold was on, definitely. Not, oh. So then he hits the, then he goes for a 64 yard field goal and misses it. So to me, that was the most, that is literally a bow on it. Nathaniel Hackett to me right there. Yeah. I mean, you described it perfectly. He said the next day, Oh, uh, looking back, I wish we I wish we went for it. What do you mean? Every person, and if you went back and watched the Manning cast highlight, like Shannon Sharp, Peyton Manning, and Eli are losing their minds. And then like we get we bring up the point is the NFL rigged? And we, you know, see stuff like that happen where the Broncos literally had game in hand, ball on mm-hmm. the 46 or whatever, over a minute left, three timeouts, Russell Wilson, but this is also going to be the counterpoint to that argument we talked about, or not we talked about, but we heard uh, a lot of discussions between Seahawks fans 
uh, even Broncos fans, about Russell Wilson's ability. And you know how Russ called for the ball in Seattle and said, let Russ cook. We saw how that ended up happening, or what ended up happening there. Ended up getting Russell kicked out of Seattle. They didn't want to, you know, revolve the offense around him. Even tried trading him multiple times. And now we got a quarterback who's on, you know, the wrong end of 30, going to a team with a rookie head coach who almost looked like he's in over his head. Really young wide receivers who have potential. A defense, which we thought would be good, but it looks like it has some holes and they couldn't even stop Geno Smith from moving the ball up and down the field. Yes, they were better in the second half, but this almost could be a recipe for disaster for Denver, it almost seems like. Like, Russell Wilson really may not be as good as people thought he was coming in. And, like, I don't think he was necessarily bad, but he wasn't good. Like, he didn't, like, go out there and be like, wow, this guy is an amazing quarterback. I think the Bills are going to be screwed if they play him. I'm like, Okay, I think the Bills can beat this guy. He doesn't really pose a, a threat on the on on the ground like he used to. Doesn't really have his running ability. He can't see over defenses, so not really gonna be, beat us over the middle or anything like that. Yeah, once in a while maybe he'll dial up a deep ball, but we got good safeties, and I'm still not really that threatened by their receivers. So I don't really think I'm threatened by Denver. It's early, but I'm gonna go out and say based on Week One. Denver has a potential. I'm not going to say they are frauds because I picked them to win 10 games. I still think they can win 10 games, but I think they could also blow up and everything could go horrible. Honestly, Ben. The more I look at this Denver team, I think the dude, worse they are. Dude, dude, I was just going to say that. Like, and I understand it's week one. You know what exactly. I mean? My, pack, my Packers didn't show up with Aaron Rodgers as in like, that's my fucking fantasy guy because Josh yeah. Allen was taken, and I'm like, so. But I had Josh Allen in my keeper in my dynasty league, which is great. So I, right. my my league name is Josh Allen Truther since his rookie year. Nice. So yeah, that's what Mike Smith gave me. <laughs> um, so shout out to Mike Smith, by the way, MC two four zero six on Instagram. He is funny as hell. Um, yeah, shout out uh, fantasy Smitty. Yeah, and on Instagram, he actually had a prediction. He put it on on a Snapchat. But um, he took a praying mantis and he wrote on a piece of paper LA Rams on the left and Buffalo Bills on the right. And he let the praying mantis go and it predicted the Bills. But I didn't upload it because the video quality was so shitty. And you know how we get on you about like quality, like making it, even yeah. though like your background looks kind of shitty, that's funny. You know what I mean? It's perfect. Right. But like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So that's I took your a... phone that took that picture. Yeah, I know, but the green screen going, it's funny, though. You know what yeah, I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so as far as the Broncos are concerned, I will say I was just that game. I'm not – I don't I, – I don't see a team the Bills can't step on their neck. Is there Even a problem with the Chiefs? Yeah, sure, but, like, I'm not worried because, to be honest, if there's one team I'm worried about, Ben, it is actually, which will prove you, uh, next next podcast before we'll get one in. So make sure even on game day, you check your feeds because we're going to have a quick 10-15. If you're not sure, believe us. We'll have something on Instagram in the reels department, most likely, meaning some kind of video or on the YouTube shorts and or. So um, I will say, Ben, the Chiefs, dude. They scare the, the hell my out, biggest of worry. out of any team. The Chargers are here. Chiefs are right here. One team, though, I will say to kind of dip back into it, the Bengals 
I I think the Bengals have some real weaknesses, and I know they spent a lot of money on, on offensive linemen and free agency, but if you look at it, a lot of those guys were B-tier guys. They weren't even the top guys at, at their positions in the offseason as free agents. They spent right. a lot of money for Joe Burrow to end up on his back how many times and have how many turnovers. Like I know Pittsburgh has a great defense, but you see how to attack that team. So Pittsburgh basically gave a blueprint to every team in the AFC. This is how you stop Joe Burrow. You go in, you get pressure on him, so he can't get rid of the ball. The, their offensive line isn't great. We're probably going to see a lot of teams really dial up the pressure when they play the Bengals. Well, and you know, dude, I want to see defense. I, I, I love the game of football. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I, I like defense. So what I'm curious to see is, um, I'm curious tonight. Uh, I gotta get my lineup in. Khalil Mack, does, is he a big difference maker as far as, you know, looking at the outlook of that AFC West division? Because last year, the Chargers won Game One. They had him on the ropes. Were up eight points at home in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs. They probably would win their division if they sweep Kansas City last year. And who knows? Uh, we may not even have been to SoFi last last week if, if that were to happen uh, because who knows what the AFC playoffs end up looking like. Who knows who wins the Super Bowl? Maybe it's the Bills. Obviously, we're going to play the what-if game, but tonight is a huge matchup, and I'm excited. Go Chargers, by the way. Little uh, information for you guys, fun facts, since you didn't ask. Um, so, via Seth Walder, uh, top 10 pass rush win rate performances at Edge in week one thus far. TJ Watt was 11th at 24%, to give you an idea. Uh, Von Miller, number three, behind Shaquille Barnett at uh, Tampa. And Micah Parsons and Dallas, which that and that, that. I I'm I bet that Miller probably played the the lowest snaps out of all of them. You think so? Probably doesn't show. He played like fifty two percent of the snaps or something like that. Huh? No shit. He won on forty six point seven percent of the pass rushing snaps. AJ Epineza actually played more snaps than Miller. Wow. Which well, ben, which is kind of interesting to me. So Ben, here's uh, one last thing. Um. I, I, I did like seeing, I mean, how, Josh, this podcast does not do how well the Bills did justice. I'm just betting that any Bills fan knows how well they did, and they don't need to just listen to us just ramble more. But, like, right. for real, the, the connection, Josh was throwing ropes. And, and to give him credit, it's not Josh Allen, but, like, if you – would have told me that it was Geno Smith out there for the Seahawks. He was throwing ropes too, man. Right. And it's good to see the league. I just love where the league is now, man. We're looking at deep routes because these kids finally played Madden. And, and, and not even though we're not supposed to like the – I'm just giving you an overall point. I love the state of the league. Um, I'm excited, man. Like you're talking about the Chargers. They're talking about the Bengals. They're talking about – um, that, that coach in Miami that the players want to play for. He's like, yeah, fuck Belichick pretty much. Like, fuck that. I love that. I want to see that. I want to see Tyreek Hill get shut down. But he's the Bills kryptonite. You know, I'm really worried about that kid. And Tua, we want to shit on Tua. He didn't look bad. You know, he's actually pretty accurate with the ball. So, I, you know, 
remember when we went to that Bills game, he was still injured in the hip. That has everything to do with your throwing motion. So one interesting um, thing though to note on Tua, our boy Fitz even said Tua, like he says Tua, he's got some anticipation and stuff, but like he's he's gonna struggle because Tua d- doesn't have any elite traits, and it's kind of interesting to see Fitz saying that because back in the day, Fitz was kind of. They were going back and forth with Tua and Fitz in Miami, and who knows if Fitz played the full year. I think Miami probably even makes the playoffs that season. But, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see Fitz go out and outright say, yeah, I mean, I think I think Tua is going to struggle. Or not – he didn't say he's going to struggle, but he's like he's not – he's going to really have to win on his anticipation and, and, and stuff like that versus his – uh, athleticism or, or natural ability because, like, he doesn't have any super elite traits. Like, he can be a smart guy, good timing, good anticipation, but, like, at the end of the day, that's really going to be, like, what makes Tua. So, like, Sean Payton even said, uh, I, I think he went on Coward, he said that uh, he thinks that uh, Miami's eventually going to go to Bridgewater. Like, he outright said Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to start at some point because he's a good player. Man, blasphemy! I don't want to hear it yet. Ben, anything else, bro? I know you're you're a part of Tua I, I really wanna, or whatever, I or really... Tua Truther. I'm sorry. I'm not a Tua Truther. I'm on. I don't like to just shit on players because you're gonna. You see that smile? You're gonna be fun. It's when my shit ends up in your fucking mouth because I'm right about Tua or not. I could okay. be like, dude, what do you write I can about, just ride Tua the, about? I'm just gonna ride. I'm gonna ride this. All right, all right. Here's the thing. I have said that Lamar Jackson would be a good NFL quarterback before he went to the league because I watched Lamar Jackson play and I saw some athlete talent, like really good running ability, amazing arm. I was like, all he's got to do is just, you know, refine his game a little bit. And we're seeing Lamar. He's already won MVP. Like he's definitely a top 10 quarterback. No question. Borderline top five. I wanted the Bills to take him so we can win now. Right, exactly. And then they they didn't get any weapons. But, I mean, right. right. But either way, like, Tua, like, back to the Alabama quarterbacks. When you're on such a talented team, it's harder to, you know, for your weaknesses to be magnified. Well, now that everyone's NFL level and it's just not your super team matched up against a defense that has maybe one or two NFL guys – you know, you can't really rely on all how world receivers Hill, to do stuff. How did Tyreek Hill do week one? Uh, he did okay. I have him in fantasy. I wish he did better, honestly. Score a touchdown, Tyreek. So you think, oh, man. I actually got to put in my lineup. So on that note, uh, this has been episode 267. You can find me everywhere, David J. Palermo. This has been Numb Bills Fan Podcast. Uh, you can find Ben. At Ben Gramado, B E N G R I M A U D O. Put an underscore between the two names there for Instagram. And uh, Ben, I just want to leave. If you want to sit here and talk to yourself, you're I more mean, than welcome. I mean, I'm I'm good sitting and talking to myself. For I if mean, you want, bro, I'm good I, I meaning I I'm okay with not sitting and talking to myself. Uh, maybe when I have like some more thoughts and I could really just go in and dive I in. I feel like you. I think we had some entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> on Thursday, and I was like, Ben, it's like three, bro. Um, yeah. The bills I mean, look I, great, but I got to see Sunday, and now I we're mean, like out of bills thoughts. 
Well, we we still got the Titans game, but we got four more days until that. I don't and like the gets... matchup. I'm just gonna say it. That's gonna be my litmus test of let's dive in run. and see let's what our boy. Go. Let's see what our boy Dave's did against them. But one more thing. Oh my gosh, I got to turn off this background so I can do it. Virtual background off. Shout out this? to the Monterey Bills backers from Monterey, California. I love this sticker. I got it. In uh, L.A. Cool. Hermosa Beach. Go Bills. Oh, yo, remember the time you met Sal Capaccio? And who else did you meet you want to give a shout-out to? Oh, LaShawn. I gave a shout-out to him, but I'll give him another one. Yeah. LaShawn German. Awesome guy. Find him on Twitter. Let me, yeah, let me find his Twitter right now. Yeah, it's really cool. There's a lot of cool people in the Bills community. Lucas Hurl got uh, got us into the comedy stories. Yeah. Warlock W A R L O C six. Wow. To go. Well, Ben, thank you guys. Make sure you guys uh, check out What's the Odds podcast with Steve Renazizi and Brenton Biddlecombe and Lucas Hurl. Shout out to those dudes for being funny and uh, had a great time at the comedy store. So, Lucas, thank you. And uh, feels like VIP having us be on a list. To get in there, which is really cool, really cool. Um, Ben, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna go back All to right. work here. Have All a right. good night, guys. You have Take a good care. night.